You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. The Word of God transforms us. It helps us think differently. It helps us see things differently. It changes our heart. It changes our posture. It changes who we are. But also it can be really confusing at times and really weird. Have you ever read a story and thought, what on earth is happening here? Why, why is this going on? How did this happen? And today, as we do Barmy Bible Stories, we are looking in Acts chapter 20, and we meet two guys, Paul and Eutychus. And we're going to look to the screens for a VT for this week's Barmy Bible Story. Mm. Well, I'm very much enjoying this meal. So am I, but this guy's going on a bit, isn't he? Yeah, it is getting a bit hot. I'm gonna go for a twitch. And this brings me on to my next sermon. Oh, Eutychus, great idea. Go by the window, it's boiling in here. Eutychus! <sighs> What's all that commotion? I'm trying to deliver my se- Oh my gosh, that guy's just fallen out of a window. Oh my gosh, he's dead! Get out of the way! Let me run down the stairs, I need to help him! Oh my gosh! Uh, let me throw my arms around him and pray to the Lord! He, he's alive! He's, he's alive! He's alive! Yeah. Right, now that's sorted, back to the surface. Amazing! How awkward, right? Paul's preaching, he's like, yeah, the word of God this, the word of God that. Some guy falls out of a window and dies. Like, what? When I found out that this was the message I was preaching, I was like, Lord, please, I know there's no windows in that auditorium, but I hope no one falls out. So please, if there, if there was seat belts for your chair, I'd tell them, put them on, because I don't want no one falling out of chairs or windows. But today's message is on Paul and Eutychus, and I want to talk about what to do in a crisis. This is going to be a really practical message. I'm hoping it's going to equip and empower you to face crisis head on and not be intimidated by them. One time... Back in April, um, I went on a missions trip to Slovenia, right? I'm like, yes, I'm doing the Lord's work. I get to go and encourage the church, hang out with my friends. How awesome. And we, we had to change over at Belgium. And I knew we had about 40 minutes to change. And everyone was like, that is, you know, 40 minutes. You've got to run still, but you're cutting it fine, right? But I'm a person of faith. I'm like, that's fine, 40 minutes. Have you seen these legs? I can run pretty fast. I'll be okay. And um, we, we get on the plane at Manchester and the air hostess comes over. And I don't know if you've ever had to change over before, but sometimes they invite you to go and sit at the front of the plane or you sometimes get this golden ticket, right? And I'm seeing these tickets come down the aisle. I'm like, yes, Lord, I'll have a golden ticket. I don't know what it's going to do, but I'll take it. I'll have a gone ticket. And she hands it over to me. She goes, you're changing for Ljubljana, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. I cannot wait. I'm going to Slovenia. I've just got to change at Belgium. He said, yeah, yeah, I know. 
You've only got 40 minutes. I said, I know, I'm a person of faith. Come on, help me out here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good flight. We're going to make it. She goes, yeah, here's, here's your ticket. When you get there, everyone else is going to take a right. You will turn left. And I, yes, I will. I will turn left. I will get that fast track. I will be there. Early. I'll be the first on the plane. Watch me. I am going to make this flight. And it's about six or seven of us. We all have our golden tickets and we feel really cool. People on the plane looking around, wanting a bit of what we've got. It's just for me. I'm sorry. And um, we kind of sat on this plane at Manchester. I'm kind of thinking, you know, when it's like, right, the plane should be moving now. We sh- you know, I should hear things start to change and all these noises the same. They keep walking up and down. I'm like, come on, guys. Where's the captain? Where's the pilot? Are we permission to set sail? Well, fly. <laughs> it's not going to sail in the sky, is he? And... Um, we end up getting a bit delayed at Manchester. I'm like, 40 minutes, 35. We won't notice the difference. It'll be fine. And we're still at Manchester. And it's now been like 10, 15 minutes. And this plane hasn't yet moved. But like I said, I'm a person of faith. We're going to be all right. I'm getting to Slovenia. It's going to be okay. Finally, we set off and we are en route to Belgium. Praise the Lord. We're getting there. Bags and all, they're with us. We're going to be all right. And uh, we land in Belgium, everyone else is turning right. I flash my golden ticket and turn a left and realize that we have 15 minutes to get to this plane that's at the other end of the terminal. Like I said, I've got a 35 inch inside leg and some speed in me, not a problem. I said, guys, I'm gonna run. I'll get to the people at the desk and I'll just keep them busy. You guys catch up and we'll catch this plane, not a problem. So best believe I start running. People are looking at me like a crazy person. I didn't realize Brussels airport is filled with businessmen who are like, you know, traveling across Europe. So I'm like all these guys with their briefcases. I'm sprinting through like sweating, like I'm going to get this plane. I get to the desk. I'm like, hi, you're right. There's five more people. Please, can you just wait? And I'm like, how's, how's your day? How's the weather? You're all right. How's, how's your life? What's your name? I'm trying to you know, build a relationship, but panicking, looking across like, where's the rest of my team? Fully aware that there's some people who like, they don't even, they don't even walk fast if it's a free ice cream. They'll be like, nah, I'm all right, I'll go without. These people walk like snails. I'm like, we've got a plane to catch, come on. And um, I'm keeping this woman busy. She's looking at the plane doors like they want to close them. We are waiting for you and your team. And I'm like, it's fine, they're coming. I've got faith for it, they're coming, they're coming. And then I see it was like, I can't even explain it. It was like this beam of light coming towards me. It's the rest of my team. They're walking slowly, but they're coming. And I'm like, look, here they are. Can you see them about 400 meters in the distance? We're going to make this plane. And we sit there, our golden tickets. I'm like, well done, guys. You're only here because I got here. We're going to get this plane. And we sit on it, and we take off for Ljubljana in Slovenia. And um, as we're about to land, I kind of thought, oh, we had luggage in the hold. We could have the luggage made it in 15. Hmm, I'm I'm starting to have a couple of questions, but I'm staying positive. I don't mind it. It's all right. I can do this. And uh, we we land in Slovenia, and it's a really small airport. So we quickly found our luggage carousel, if that's what it's called. And these bags are coming through. And I'm like, ours are coming, guys. Yeah, yeah, they're coming. We made the flight. Our bags made the flight. It's fine. And then the carousel stops, and it's like, there's no bags on the left, on the carousel. I don't think they made it. And suddenly we had this moment as a team where it was like, okay, this could get awkward. I, I quite enjoyed this crisis, right? Suddenly it was like, oh, okay, we're here for a week. We're in our like plain clothes. You know, you've got your joggers on and you just feel a bit, 
and you're in your plain clothes. And I was like, guys, it's all right. We're here for a week. Washing machines exist. You know, we've not traveled to another world. It's going to be all right. And I quite enjoyed it. I'm like, cool, what an opportunity. Hey, we're just going to wear these for like three days and be like hardcore, real missionaries, like real Christians. And then there's some people in the group who realized the crisis and were like, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I've, just, I've, I've looked already. There's a flight coming. It's going to land at five past two tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be fine. Yeah, who cares? We don't have our bags. There's a flight coming. It's going to land at five past two. You know, they've realized there's the crisis and they keep saying things to reassure them. They're trying to reassure you, but it's just to reassure themselves. You know, so we've got me. I'm in the camp of, yeah, this is exciting. Whatever. We'll just be stinky. There's another other group of people that are like, oh, but you know, they'll, they'll come on the plane tomorrow. They'll be on the plane tomorrow. We'll have them tomorrow. It's going to be fine. And then there's another woman in our group who have never seen anything like it. She's found a seat somewhere in the airport. And she's taking these deep breaths. She's checking her watch. She's phoning anyone she can in her phone book. She is freaking out. She sees a member of staff from the airport. I've never seen, this woman couldn't run for a 15-minute plane time, but she could run to this member of staff. Where's my bags? Oh, my bag's going to make it when they're coming over. I need my bags. I'm freaking out. She looks at me and she says, Abby, this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And I thought, that is a bit intense, no? Because I'm like, yes, opportunity, I like it. She's on the other side thinking, this is awful. We've all experienced crisis before, and we all handle it differently. I wonder what it's like for you to experience a crisis. I think of even the babies in our church, right? Pastor Lazandri's had a baby, Faye Kemi, Pastor Laura had babies. They have these baby bags full of stuff ready for every eventuality that could happen. And I wonder, what are you like in a crisis? Are you someone who's ready for it? Do you quite enjoy the, okay, this is something new? Or is it something that you're possibly a bit afraid of? A crisis could look like a relationship breakdown, Something's gone wrong at, wrong at work. There's stuff going on in your family. Your crisis might be, I need to forgive someone and I just can't look past the pain I feel when I see them. It might be you struggle with something in your identity and you just can't, oh, this is who I am and I hate who I am and I can't change it and I feel stuck. What are you like in a crisis? No one plans to experience crisis, sure. No, we didn't want to lose our bags. Paul probably didn't want anyone to fall out the window when he was preaching, but we have to be prepared for when crisis comes. You know, we have emergency services, right? They don't, they don't want to have to drive all out at the, late at night helping people, but they're there for if the crisis arises, we are going to be ready and prepared. And I believe as God's people, we need to be ready for crisis. We need to be ready for, to face the things that life throws us, because I recently discovered, even if you're like 75 years old, this is your first rodeo. This is our, you know, this is our chance at life. And we need to be ready for whatever it throws us. And the encouragement is that in this world, we'll have trouble, we'll have hardships, but take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. We're going to be okay. We're in the hands and the plan of God. And that gives us a comfort and assurance. So I want to give just six things that I pulled out of this story that are hopefully going to help us for if and when we are in a crisis. So the first thing to do in a crisis is to stop. We heard in the story that Paul stopped talking. He was preaching to all these people and had to stop. 
Sometimes this is going to be the hardest thing to do. So often when we're in a crisis, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're in challenge, we think, no, it's fine, I can keep going. No, it's okay, I'll keep going. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just something that's going on. I'll keep going through life. But actually, we need to stop. It seems a bit backwards. You know, we live in a society that glorifies independence, that says, yeah, just keep going on your own. Just keep doing it. You're going to be fine. But we need to stop. We need to, hey, face the facts and say, right, okay, this is what I'm facing. This is what my challenge is. This is what's going on. And it's time to look at it for what it really is. So often when we're experiencing crisis, like I said, we, we want to be independent. We want to tell everyone that we're fine. We're going to be okay. And can, can I say something that might ruffle a couple of feathers? Sometimes it's in church where it's easiest to say everything's fine. We say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, God is good. Everything's okay. Because we want to encourage other people. We want to say, yeah, yeah, good things are possible. But actually, when we put forward this I guess, fake us of saying, yeah, everything's fine. We then choose how people perceive us and then go, oh, no one sees me for who I really am. No one ever asks me if I'm okay. No one ever, no one ever sees if I need healing or if I need prayer. Well, maybe because it's for so long, you've said, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's good. But hey, today could be your breakthrough day. And it's time to say, do you know what? I need to stop. I need to face the facts. I need to see what's going on here. Paul could have so easily just watched Eutychus fall out a window. He could have so easily just gone, oh, sorry, I've suddenly got a headache, need to go by, and ran away. He could have, he could have suddenly gone, um, I'm just going to start singing and dancing and hope to distract people. But Paul had to stop. The first thing we need to do in a crisis is to stop. The second thing is to use your initiative. Okay, the Holy Spirit is at work within our lives. When we welcome God, when we welcome Jesus, come in, in our heart and choose to respond to his ask of, hey, want to be a Christian? And we say, yes, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and is at work in our lives. And how good is it that we can just say, Holy Spirit, help me out. Holy Spirit, speak to this situation. Holy Spirit, I need you to move. We, we heard in the story that Paul went down to Eutychus. He said, oh, oh, someone's come over. Move out the way. I need to get through to this person. Paul had to use his initiative. He could have maybe, uh, I guess, like tried to blame something else. Oh, you know, well, who, who let him sit by the window? Who, who let him do that? Who let him sit on the edge of a windowsill? But Paul takes responsibility and he says, hey, this has happened, guys falling out of a window, and I'm going to take responsibility. As Christians, we have the authority and the ability to walk into a room and say, do you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for this. And in your crisis today, it's time you took responsibility. You said, okay, this is going on. I'm facing the facts, and I'm going to take responsibility. Okay, God, how can we get through this? How am I going to work through this situation? We live in a culture that tries to blame others and point the finger and, oh, well, you know, I carry unforgiveness because they hurt me. They said this, they did that, they, they did this to me, they told this person that. And we try and blame other people. And while I'm not saying that if someone has hurt you, what they have done is right, but what I am saying is it's time to take responsibility and say, do you know what, I need to free myself of this pain and I need to forgive this person, for example. 
And if you don't feel like you can make a good decision, Paul preached and a guy died. Let me tell you, let me encourage you. You are going to be okay. Okay, your crisis might look like it's, it might feel like it's blinding you, like you can't hear anything and all you think and see and feel is this crisis. But Paul used his initiative. We can use our initiative, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? The Spirit in us changes the atmosphere around us. How awesome, people. How awesome, church. How awesome, Christian. Whoever you are, you can walk into a room, you carry the Spirit of God, and an atmosphere can change. Look at your crisis today, face the facts, and it's time to use your initiative. The third thing you can do in a crisis is to think outside the box. Paul has watched a guy die and has now thrown himself upon Eutychus. What on earth? I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He is dead. Why are you now throwing yourself on him? You know, it would have been so easy for him to just say, uh, can just a load of people go and lay hands? I need to run and hide. My goodness, there's people in the room today where you're facing crisis and you want to retreat. You want to run away from it, disassociate yourself from it, want to have nothing to do with it. But hey, Paul had to think outside the box. As audacious people, as audacious it means to be bold, to be courageous, to be a little bit cheeky, to be dangerous, to be unrestrained by convention. I was just saying before how the Spirit of God at work within us changes things. Hey, Holy Spirit, illuminate something that will help me think outside the box. Holy Spirit, how can I handle this situation? How can I face this crisis? Help me. In Exodus 14, we read that the Israelites faced a dead end. They reached the Red Sea and couldn't pass through it. Maybe you've faced the facts of your crisis. You've used your initiative and said, okay, these are the things I could put in place. This is what I'm going to try and do. And now it just feels like you're at a dead end. Hey, scripture is really helpful. We read the story of the Israelites. They face the Red Sea and they're like, okay, we've done all we can and now we can't get through. Are you joking me? What is going on? But hey, I believe in a supernatural God. I believe that God can do anything. And what we read in scripture, that God parts the sea so the people can get through. A way is made for them to walk. And where today have you surrendered to a dead end where you've said, oh, well, I've tried and I tried to do this and I tried to do that, but nothing came from it. So I'm just, I've given up. I've thrown the towel in. It's done. But I believe that resurrection power is in the room today. And what, what, what if? What if the Holy Spirit came upon your crisis, came upon your challenge, your circumstance, and made a way, changed the outcome? Audacious Church, it is time to think outside the box. The fourth thing to do in a crisis is to adopt the language of faith. Paul shouts, don't be alarmed. He's alive. What? Paul is like... Hang on, he fell out the window, he dead, he, he died. You went over to him, you threw yourself on him, and now he's alive. Paul has adopted this language of faith. I don't know about you, have you ever had it um, where, you, you know, there's a time when I used to get really bad migraines. And I was, oh, yeah, you know, I get these migraines all the time. It means I have to, you know, skip school and all this stuff. And someone said, oh, yeah, I know someone had a migraine for six years. And it just never left. There was nothing they could do. And you're like, oh, thanks. Really needed that. Word of encouragement, thank you. Wow, I'm full of faith now. Hey, sometimes you need to adopt a language of faith over your own circumstance. Sometimes you need to speak the word of God over your crisis, over your challenge, because it's time to change. And hey, here's the good news. Ephesians 2 
chapter 18, it says, For through him, through him, Jesus, we have both access to the Father by one spirit. Hey, some, there's some people in the room today, you don't believe you can get a word from God. But scripture tells me that, hey, if we have access to the Father, we can get a word from God. And audacious church, it's time you got a word from God over your circumstance. Because the word of God, it changes our perspective. It changes our position. It changes our posture. It changes what we believe. It changes what we think. And it changes how we face our crisis. It's time to adopt a language of faith. We're blessed with direct access to God. And it's about time you brought him into the story. The fifth thing um, of what to do in a crisis is to huddle up. It's time to bring people into the story. I've got a, a friend called Clara, and um, one time we were at uh, a church service or something, and, and they said, you know, find someone nearby and just ask them to pray for you, pray for whatever's going on in your life. And I had this thing going on at home, and I was just like, I don't want to tell anyone. If I tell her, she's going to see the real me. If I tell her, she's going to think, my goodness, she can't handle that. She's, she's incapable. If I tell her, she's going to think so many different things. But I just said, I said, Clara, this is going on and I, I need you to pray. And as I said it, her face lit up. And I thought, oh, no, she's realized. She's realized I'm incapable. She's realized I'm stupid. She thinks, she thinks this is funny. She thinks my crisis is easy. What is going on? And I looked at her and I was like, why are you smiling? This is like a big deal. And she said, hey, Abs, me too. Hey, hey, Abs, I've experienced that. I've been there before, but I got through it. And it's about time. Hey, you know, I said earlier, we live in a world that glorifies independence, that says, hey, being on your own, you can make it work. You can make it happen. But hey, it's time to bring someone into the story. It's time to say, Hey, look, this is going on and I need you to help. And I wonder today, hey, that it might be the person who's three seats down from you could be the answer to your prayer of, I need you, I want to pray, you know, I want to pray for someone. I want to, I want to believe for someone's breakthrough. And you're thinking, I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to believe for my breakthrough. They could be in the room today. And, and hey, church, I just want to say, I'm not, te- I'm not telling you to tell everyone your crisis, tell everyone what's going on. And I'm not saying bring anyone in. It's time to ask God, God, give me wisdom. Who could I bring into this story? Who could I invite into this journey who will walk with me, who will pray with me, who will believe with me that God is gonna do something incredible. We're designed to be together. You know, I think about the band. They come in on a Thursday night and rehearse. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Anna messaged me, she said, hey, Abs, I know you're preaching in a couple of weeks. What are, you, what are you preaching on? We just want to pray into the message. We just want to pray into the worship before the word. This team, this dynamic, they have to build a, they have to build a sense of relationship, of community, of we're in this together. It's time you brought someone into the story. It's time you huddled up and invited people into the story. Scripture tells us that where one or two are gathered, he is there also. He is there also. And the sixth thing of what to do in a crisis is to move on. The story says that after daybreak, uh, after talking till daylight, they left. So Paul has preached the word. Eutychus has fallen out the window. Paul has used his initiative. He's thought outside the box. He's adopted a language of faith. He's brought people into the story. It says that they came together and they broke bread and they ate together. 
And then he said, when daylight came, they left church. You are not designed or destined to set up camp in crisis, but you are called to live an abundant life. No longer are you a victim of your circumstance, you're a victim of your challenge, but actually your identity as a son, as a daughter of God, is that you are victorious, okay? And it's time we started to believe that over our challenge, believe that over our circumstance, that it would have been so easy for me when I was bullied at school to think, I'm just useless. I'm a waste of space. That guy who said my name doesn't deserve to be in the yearbook was right. There's no point in me being here. But church, God has given you a new name. He's given us a new identity. He's called things over us and given dreams in our hearts that change us. And suddenly as my eyes open to say, I can move on. I can move past this. I saw I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim anymore. I'm victorious. Are you joking me? God has called you to so much more today, church. God has called you to abundant life. God has called you to be free. My goodness, there's people in the room who feel chained by their circumstance, who feel like they're trapped in their crisis and there's no way out. But thank God that His Word has given us six things to do in a crisis. For some people in the room today, it's time to stop and get real honest and face the facts and say, God, I know you know this is going on, but I need to give it to you. Maybe, maybe it's a, a, a dream you once had. Maybe it's a, a family circumstance. Maybe it's a work thing. Maybe it's a, a personal identity thing. The second thing, there's some people in the room where you need to use your initiative. You've stopped in this place of stop. You've said, God, this is going on and just waited for something to happen. But it's time to move. It's time to use your initiative. For some people, you need to think outside the box. You're in a, you know, God wants to bring us into a new place. You need to think outside the box. Some people, you need to adopt to a language of faith. The things you've been saying, the Bible says that our tongue has the power of life and death and you've been speaking death for far too long. And today God is giving you the permission, the authority is asking you, speak life, speak life. There's some people you need to huddle up. Who can you bring into your story? God, I pray you'd highlight people to us to bring into our story who are gonna give us wisdom, who are gonna be people of prayer, who are gonna carry us through our crisis and for some people it's time to move on to not set up camp in the place of pain anymore but to say God I want to receive a new thing I am welcoming the new I'm saying goodbye to the past and saying hello to the future it's time to move on and if, if you're able I'd love you to stand because we're, we're going to respond to God in this moment Everyone in the room is somewhere on this scale of needing to stop, to think another way, or to move forward. Maybe there's people you need to forgive. Maybe there's, maybe there's a dream that you put on the shelf that you say, yeah, I don't, have, I don't have the finance for that. I don't have the faith for that. I don't have the, the gift. There's people in here who maybe don't think you're gifted enough for what God has spoken to you about. But it's time to look at the crisis head on, to look at the challenge and say, God, I invite you into this. God, I welcome you into this challenge. And I ask that you would help me think outside the box. Highlight someone to me who 
I need to bring into this story? Who do I need to huddle up with? Oh God, help me let this go. When we let go of the things that hold us back, we're freeing ourselves. You can experience freedom today. Today might be your breakthrough day. Today might be the day where you say, okay, you're gonna walk out this room lighter. You're gonna walk out this room with clarity. You're gonna walk out this room knowing that whatever tomorrow throws at me, I can do it. The Word of God equips us, it challenges us, it convicts us, but it shapes us and molds us. And um, the band are gonna sing the sound of freedom again. We were singing it earlier. And um, I believe that the sound of freedom is that when we put, tell God who He is, and we put Him in His rightful place, and we say, God, I let go of the things I'm holding on to, and I give them to you. So we're gonna sing the sound of freedom. Maybe you need to speak something. You might need to get on your knees. You might need to find some space where you're gonna bring God into the story and say, this crisis won't shape me. This crisis won't, won't destroy me and, and make me a victim, but I'm gonna come out of this victorious. The band are gonna lead us as we welcome God into our crisis, as we welcome him into our challenge and say, God, it's time. I need you, Lord. I need you to break through. I need you to bring life. I need a word from you, God. I need a word from you, Lord. As I praise the Lord, my God. I need to forgive this person. This is the sound. I need to dream again. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to dream again. As I praise the Lord, my God. This is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. As I praise the Lord my God, this is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. This is the sound of freedom. As I praise the Lord my God, this is the sound of freedom.
see again, who need faith to believe again. And it says this in Romans 4, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he's about 100 years old. Where, where church do you need faith again? Where do you need eyes to see that God is supernatural, that God is more than able, that God is capable to turn your crisis around? So Father, I pray, give us faith, Lord. Give us faith to believe for the impossible. Give us faith to see you in a new way. Give us faith to have initiative, to think outside the box. God, I pray you'd give us faith to move forward, to know that you have more for us, God, that you are working in our lives, Jesus. Give us faith to believe again. Hebrews 11 chapter one says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance about what we do not see. So today, church, I bless you. God, pour out your blessing of faith. Give us confidence, God. Give us Give us initiative, give us authority to speak to our crisis and say, you won't define me, I am victorious. God, give us the faith to believe. Give us the faith to see, to step out, to do. Give us the faith, God. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.